Hey, and welcome to Cream of Caroline, the warmest, fuzziest, most holiday-loving casserole lifestyle podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Caroline Hatchett. Now, we are three days out from Thanksgiving, y'all, the greatest American eating holiday of them all. Have you started cooking yet, listeners? I know I sure have, but if you are a last-minute lady or gentleman, I am here to help. I have instructions on making quick and easy and delicious casseroles, along with a recipe to use your turkey leftovers. Now, I'm going to be feeding those dishes to our guest, Daniel Janine, who is here from Eater's Digest podcast. Hey, Dan. We'll discuss Thanksgiving traditions here and in his home country of Canada. He's going to give me hot takes from this week's casserole news and flex his knowledge at the end for a super serious game of Thanksgiving trivia. It's going to be creamy. What's in the oven? Today we have four dishes for you on the cream, three of which are coming from the 1983 Southern Living Annual Recipes Cookbook. The first you can turn to page 53, also obviously follow along at Cream of Caroline on Instagram, is Cheesy Potato Casserole from Brenda Blaylock of Lawrenceville, Georgia. Now, for this, I took four cups of diced potatoes, boiled them until tender, and combined them with eight ounces sour cream, eight ounces of my all-time favorite ingredient, cottage cheese, chopped parsley, green onion, garlic, and a little Tabasco flair. Put that in a shallow casserole dish, top of cheddar, bake at 350, Pull it out when it's nice and bubbly. Sprinkle some green onions for garnish and you are good to go. There is your potato dish for Thanksgiving. Second, sweet butternut casserole, page 256 from Mildred Yenerol of Doraville, Georgia. Now this could very easily take the place of sweet potato casserole. I thought it was classier, a little bit more savory and pretty damn delicious. For this, I roasted two pounds of butternut squash until tender. I scooped out the flesh and then combined that with a cup of sugar, a half a cup of softened butter, cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. Ginger an eighth of a teaspoon each of those. Whip that with a hand mixer, add eggs one at a time, vanilla, whip until it gets nice and airy and incorporated, put that into a pie pan, top it in some decorative fashion with pecans, bake at 350 for 35 to 40 minutes, and you have a very classy but sweet Thanksgiving side. The last item from the Southern Living Cookbook is turkey party spread found on page 282 from Lynn Blaney of Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is designed for your turkey leftovers in the days, hopefully not the week after Thanksgiving. It was delicious on a sandwich for lunch today, FYI, and perfect for Triscuits. So you're going to take two cups chopped turkey breast, combine that with two tablespoons of dry sherry, and rest that mixture for one hour. Dump it into a food processor along with a half cup celery, one tablespoon parsley, a dash of nutmeg, and one teaspoon of lemon juice, season with salt and pepper. Process that for 30 seconds, scrape down the sides, process 30 seconds more. You're going to get this to a really kind of fine paste. Stir in a quarter cup of mayonnaise, refrigerate, Mold it into a ball. Oh, you know this is going to be cute. Roll it in toasted almond meal uh, and then serve it. Lovely. And I did promise, I also promised for our last dish, number four, 
Um, but you don't need a recipe. And it did not come from the cookbook. It came from a can, y'all. It is good old-fashioned dump, stir, and bake green bean casserole. And that's what's in the oven this Thanksgiving. Listeners, for this very special Thanksgiving episode, we have Daniel Janine in the house, uh, a Canadian Literally in the house. Yes, in my home. He is the producer and co-host of Eater's Digest podcast, uh, and he's also a stand-up comic. (laughs) That's my first time on a podcast being called a stand-up comic. Well, I'm down with it. No, I have no choice. You know, once you yeah, once you start doing a thing, you're you're only the thing once you say you're the thing. And for stand-up, if you've been on stage and held a mic and told jokes, then you're a stand-up comic. Uh, I just learned before we started recording that you were on the stage with a very special person recently. <laughs> I was, I shared, I was on a show with Janine Garofalo, but if people know the New York stand-up show well, relevant to me because I always tell people that my last name is Janine, like Janine Garofalo. And uh, if you know anything about the New York stand-up scene, um, Janine Garofalo is, is out and about. So uh, that's, <laughs> that, that, that is in no way a, a sign of, of any kind of emerging skill or, or superstardom, okay. but... Yeah, you know, I didn't talk to her, so next time I do. You must. Yeah. So, I mean, I mostly invited you on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to hear about old school New York celebrities yes. who no one talks about anymore. Uh, because you're Canadian, and I, I, I don't want to make assumptions, yeah. but I feel like you might not know a lot about Thanksgiving. So we can all learn, we can learn we can something learn to, together. Yeah, I, I mean, that would be awesome. And you have no nostalgia. I mean, we I, we have Thanksgiving, and it's the same exact thing. And really? as far as I know, it's for the same reason, and it's just Canadian um, copying. And it's two months earlier. Canadian copying. It's just how, like, Jews give out presents on Hanukkah mm-hmm. just because the Christians <laughs> did it and the kids were jealous. Okay. So what what did Thanksgiving look like in your home? Oh, it's, it's dead copy. It's just people care slightly less. Oh, yeah, turkey whatever I don't know I don't remember what it was like growing up at all really yeah because nobody cared I think it's just because my my parents split when I was fairly young I was 10 Mm -hmm. the only Thanksgiving memory that I have the only the only relevant Thanksgiving thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) is my mom has this farmhouse outside of Toronto okay and she has big parties every year it's like her thing you know, just like how stand-up is now my thing because mm-hmm. it has to be. Her thing is Thanksgiving parties. And uh, every year she has one. It's amazing because, you know, up to three months ahead of time, she'll be talking about how which one of her friends are in, which one's out, who's pissed her off, who she can talk to about whatever she's going through. <laughs> and, okay. uh, yeah, we roll turkeys because we have 80 people. So we what does de- that mean? We debone. I, I don't – yeah, this guy, Simon Clark, fantastic Toronto-based chef, handles all of this. He rolls, debones, and rolls turkeys so he can fit, fit them all in our in our nice oven up there. Okay. Because it would be three big turkeys for 80 people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Big, lots of sliced lemon, and the lemon breaks down in the fat, and lemon rind is, I think, the most underrated ingredient and thing to eat on the planet, and it kind of gets, like, cooked confit in the middle of the rolled oh. turkeys. Hugely into it. So... You know, Thanksgiving for me is about going and just doing enough with all my mom's freaking friends, shaking hands. And she's like, oh, Daniel's in New York. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, Daniel does it. I mean, she knows what I do. But she's like, yeah, Daniel does like, a, uh, you know, food. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, well, what do you think of the Impossible Burger? And right. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, whatever. So I give them some time. And then mm-hmm. my friends just sit around and we watch football on cell phones. 
And that that's how Thanksgiving goes for me. Does your mom serve casserole at Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweet potato casserole. Okay. Uh, but uh, what's it called when they're sliced fat, flat? Is scallopini? Is it? Or scalloped? Scalloped. Sorry, scalloped sweet potato casserole. No marshmallows. No marshmallows. This sounds classy. I didn't okay. know that that was a tacky thing until like I I don't know I woke up like two years ago and realized fucking people were putting marshmallows in their in their Thanksgiving sweet potato casserole. You just woke up. I just finally <laughs> realized it was like it was like Trump won. I was like fuck. I turned to the other side of the bed and I just saw someone putting marshmallows in a, in a sweet potato thing and yeah and I was like oh I gotta go back to Canada. Yeah. But no. Maybe they do it and just I'm just so out of touch. How much is a glass of milk again? Or a gallon of milk? <laughs> I, I have no idea. From the farmer's market where I buy it yeah. or from, yeah. I I don't, I'm not in the marshmallow camp. I'm in the pecan mm-hmm. streusel camp. I am making for you uh, because all of the recipes I'm cooking are from a 1983 Southern Living cookbook. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, a little retro. They did not have a sweet potato casserole. We were doing a butternut squash casserole. Very mm-hmm. similar with just some pecans on top. But same souffle, egg. Situa- okay. situation yeah and you've done american thanksgivings obviously since you've been here yeah uh, i went to a former boss's for thanksgiving once but i felt right at home because it was just a bunch of jews arguing okay and uh you know what my one of my favorite things about being a canadian thing on thanksgiving is is you get all the you can tell so much about how much someone likes you by because everyone will offer you like oh if you have nowhere to go come over to ours but right. you can just it's such a good way to see how, how sincere people are mm-hmm. because some people are like oh <laughs> do you have anything to do like I've gotta go and some people are like no I'd love you to be there please come. please no no for real please 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 I mean obviously other things are a factor how big is their party and stuff like that but yeah no I fr- Friend, do you want to practice do you want to invite me to your Thanksgiving <laughs> Dan <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it will be filled with Jews. Uh, okay. not, a lot, not a lot of arguing, but really? we, we will be, I don't think so. Have you guys May- done 23 and Me? Uh, no, this is not my, this is just my adopted family oh, okay, okay. on the Upper West Side of New York. Uh, Peggy's doing the turkey and the cranberry sauce, and I'm doing every everything else. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Would you would you like to come to our <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna maybe we would, for the same We would video. love to have you. Can we do uh, can we do part two there where I just show up and bring my own mics? Yes. Hi. Um, no, I think uh, anyway. So American Thanksgiving, I've done it though. It's the okay. same yeah. I'm 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 really interested in the in the cranberry argument. Like I think that canned versus like a homemade cranberry sauce mm-hmm. is is a really cool conversation and I think there are so many versions of that conversation that are less actually pertinent because like I I can see both sides on that one I don't think there's any part and people have been having conversations I uh, have a news alert for casserole news and I've been getting lots of Thanksgiving mostly green bean casserole news in the last few weeks Mm -hmm. it's pretty intense Mm -hmm. I don't understand this cranberry sauce debate eat it don't eat it oh no it's about canned or make it takes Five minutes to make it, maybe ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just get over yourself. Make it or put it in a can. Why have both? But it speaks have so it. much to your approach to cooking, right? Like, does it? Yeah, because you can be someone who acknowledges that the can was is going to be better, or you don't, and you. Some people still will make it. I like the tart. I like the tartness of the homemade version. Yeah. Personally, I think, and I, and I can regulate the sugar. Yeah, that's the point. Is people like sweet things, and they don't want to admit they're making sweet things at home, so they just buy the canned one and pretend it's like some nostalgia. But it's really they just want the candy. 
that's all it is. Yeah, I like the I like the presentation of the can though with like the rings uh, sure. embedded. I think yeah. that's quite nice. I wouldn't do a Trader Joe's can. That would really piss me off. Why? If I was gonna, because I would want Ocean Spray. Oh. If you're gonna do it, go all the way. It's kind of like people who meet on dating apps. Like I think Tinder is the coolest one to meet <laughs> on because it's so like junk. It's the junk food of dating apps. Like the second you get into like Hinge and OkCupid and stuff, and it's like then you're kind of trying. I, I have never used a dating app. Yeah, no, I... So I, I, have, <laughs> I have... I don't know, but, you know, if I need a trash date, if I'm really angry with my husband... But the same people are on all of them. Okay. I think. But they just behave differently on Tinder? It's more just the branding of it. Would you invite a Tinder date to Thanksgiving? <laughs> to your Thanksgiving? Sure. Yes, that you've, for, that you've been so the, sincerely invited for the content? to. Yeah. Yeah, but... I think so. I mean, doing a first date Thanksgiving or something like that is kind of a funny idea. I feel like because it's New York and because, I mean, I can't believe we're talking about dating apps right now. I <laughs> did that to myself. But because it's New York and because everyone's on them, you can, people can be like varying degrees of like kind of crazy or like kind of really trying to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like you can look up someone's LinkedIn or something. You know, you're not going to get some like total you can be pretty certain that someone is not going to be completely crazy. Like, they may not be for you. Right. But with a fairly high accuracy, people, you can you can kind of gauge if they're going to be, what level of normal they're going to be. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, just, it's fine. Yeah. We digress. So this casserole news is a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're so <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> I am going to do, I mean, my favorite style of comedy is the thing where we're trying to do a thing and then I make it impossible. Okay, that's great. Just yeah, so I just, know. Yeah, just so you know. So uh, we're going to... Casserole news. Casserole news. We're going to... Come on. Um, the, three, the three big ticket items this week, I felt like uh, it's amazing what major outlets report on, but the Los Angeles Times um, did a big piece on the foods that you can safely and easily travel with in your carry-on luggage. It's a smart piece. In case your in-laws or, you know, or your destination people can't cook well. So they recommended putting in your carry-on stuffing if mm-hmm. it weren't too moist, pumpkin pie and turkey. Uh, you can have five pounds of up to five pounds of dry ice, but wait, it, you can carry dry ice on an airplane? Yeah, I think so. That's what the article said. Blame yeah. the LA Times if no, you get stopped. No, I'm not stopped. blaming anyone. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then you they, could, I mean, you could just do like you could create a lot of smoke on an airplane. Yeah, that doesn't sound no. That doesn't, that sounds like a little scary, right? Although I think you could bring a vape or whatever and just use it, but people, I, you're not supposed to use it, so. It just seems wrong. It seems wrong. But I don't think you can make, like, bombs out of dry ice or anything, so maybe that's fine. Not that we, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then obviously no cranberry sauce and no gravy, they, right. unless they're in 3.5 ounce bottles, mm-hmm. is what they call it. Which is not, not quite enough. No, so you would have to find some receptacle for your suitcase. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I mean, to me, a good, strong stunt piece. I don't know editorially <laughs> how much there is to comment on. No, there's not, Just right? like, it's like, you know, people are all talking in the office. Like, how can we, what's another Thanksgiving story we can do? What's another way we can squeeze some content out yeah. of this heavy click I, holiday? I travel with cocktails. We like will bottle them in swell bottles. You really? I think the classiest people do that. 
But it's, it's so cool. But then you don't have to buy modifiers when you're in South. You know, my parents live in South Georgia. Oh, that's ridiculous! I thought it was just for the airplane. No, this is so we we bat we pre batch uh, modifiers so then we can add a base and have like a big beautiful cocktail for our family when we arrive. That's amazing. But don't you think part of going somewhere new is is going to the even from any any level of travel? If you're going to a, visit a friend's frat house, picking up a a rack of cores is part of it and if you're going to visit your parents or parent or your I'm in-laws fancy, I'm fancy wherever I go yeah so I, you wouldn't you don't want to like <laughs> buy some lemons there make a thing like have a thing to do once you arrive you well we'll do citrus yeah but if it's like multiple base sure. spirits and then Amaro yeah. and then bitter. You just, you just batch it. I just think I'm, ne- I'm never going to really figure out life because like I can't that makes me anxious, figuring that out ahead of time. <laughs> I cannot believe But then you have a drink in your hand. Uh, more casserole news? Two more pieces of okay. casserole news. <laughs> it's really... No, this is... That's a, the best casserole. That was good casserole news, though. So... Are we going to get with... Are we going to hear from some less prominent publications yes, we now? Are, well, so this was this has been all over the internet, um, but the, the Harris Poll and Instacart polled Americans about their least favorite dishes. Um, you might have seen this. This has been on a lot of press releases, but 29% of Americans dislike canned cranberry sauce, but still eat it anyway. Uh, 46%, per think, 46% think it's disgusting. Mm. Um, 24% of Americans do not like green bean casserole. 22 don't like sweet potatoes. And... 42% of millennials who have hosted Thanksgiving are serving something other than turkey. So mm-hmm. I don't why they're mm-hmm. we're gathering and serving things that people don't love. That 29% I think is misleading because I think there are a lot of vet, uh, millennials who are not eating meat. Ah, <laughs> so I would right. rather see that what percentage of meat eating millennials are not serving turkey. That's interesting. Um, I buy it with the cranberry sauce. I thought you were going to say green bean casserole. I thought that's where we were going with oh, this. Oh, no. Yeah, green bean casserole. What was it? 24% of Americans don't like green oh, bean Oh, don't casserole. like green. Sorry, I missed that. I, yeah. Okay. Because I think it's such a parent thing. It's just such a parent thing. And I think that's probably why it's back. You know? It's such a boomer thing. Such is an okay boomer thing. It's an okay boomer thing. Oh my God, do I have an okay boomer podcast? No, but you're still, <laughs> you're, you're on the hipster wave of it. You, you you know that you're you're not an old person doing yet, things no. that you used to. You're going you're digging back for cobweb cookbooks and making things again. So you're sorry you're you're a hipster. I'm okay, but I also but I also realm. like green bean casserole. Yeah, I don't feel strongly about it. If I weren't no. if I weren't hosting you here and we weren't going to talk about it, I probably wouldn't. It's make not what it, you would eat tonight. But I but I like it. Mm-hmm. No, I've have you seen it on any restaurant menus? Like, are there any restaurants that are doing a trendy... What's the one in Brooklyn? It has a... Is Turks in the name? Turks Inn? I think I think they had a green bean casserole. Yeah. On their but menu. But you haven't seen, like, a deconstructed one in 2012. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, where did I see it? It was in... Oh, my God, this is my brain working. Oh, I mean, because I could see even, like, two, Eleven Madison doing... Three, Atlanta... Oh, see, you know restaurants all over the world, or all um, the country at least. Oh my God, I see his face. Anyway, Lifeline. fine dining restaurant Eugene. Okay. And it was a side dish, and he did it, uh, and the chef did it um, 
as an homage to his mother. And there was a protein. I don't remember the protein, but it was like really bomb ass. It was good? Green bean casserole. Yeah. That's a cool one because when you're the first cool restaurant to do that, no one else can knock it off. It's not like a certain kind of, it's not like doing Korean fried chicken at a cool restaurant. Right. Because then everyone can just do it if it works. If you do something insane like that. um, And fine dining. And fine dining. Tasting menu. Exactly. That was beautiful. No No one can jack it. Anyway. I'm here. One more. Go on. One more piece. And this is, again, it's just green bean casseroles. Uh, today. This is all from this week. This is all from this week. Uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. Green Giant broke a Guinness World Record by assembling a 1,009-pound green bean casserole. <laughs> they broke their own record yeah. of 637 pounds. Right. And they're going to give it to City Meals on Wheels. Yeah. I'm always surprised. Like, break a different record. You already got that one. I mean, that's my only thing I would say about that. But they're I think feeding homeless. They're feeding homebound people and yeah, sick people. That's right. nice. Right? I know, but <laughs> they're doing it with their exact product. Like, oh, we're going to feed all these people with our yeah, with like a thousand cans of right of green beans. It's always funny when you see those press release photos and all those people are like around and really, really happy, and they're like, "Yeah, we're doing it. We're stirring the giant pot here." And I think there was actually the, I don't have the photo in front of me. There was like the mascot, the yeah. green giant mascot, yeah. was also stirring oh, the pot. There. Yeah, I don't know what he knows about <clears throat> cooking, but no, or feeding homeless people. No, or I mean, yeah, he's very intimate with like being a if green you had bean. To, would you guess that the the human inside the mascot? was uh an employee of the company or not what would you guess i would <laughs> i would guess yes and they have sick benefits Ooh, yeah and like it's like some marketing dude who does other stuff as well no i think that's all he that's does, all he, does. <laughs> he goes to fairs yeah. and trade shows i wouldn't want a freelance mascot stirring my like Cooking. Could I you imagine if like he showed up at trade shows and he like touched small children or something? You know, it's like the green bean guy. Yeah, you, know, you need to be able to trust. Yeah, I mean that's a horror story <laughs> that I feel like doesn't come up enough. Frankly, you need to be being able, touched by a green bean person or just a like a mascot being wasted. I mean, it happens in so many movies and things, but you never see it. It's never really happened with a good food mascot that I can remember either. You know. Like obviously, you hear about the Times Square mascots getting right. in fights and stuff, and sad. But Larry, the green bean mascot, mm-hmm. is really—he's—he's he's probably a solid guy. Yeah, he. I mean, you know, no. Or it could be no, a lady. It could be, frankly, it could be a woman. It's probably well. That's what I was. I was just grazing over that because I noticed that you gendered him immediately. I but, know um, I did. Well, the character is, I think, he is pre- a he is a man presents I'm, himself. Yeah. I would say itself for, as a man in terms of the man that. Is the ma- the man under the mask of the uh, Jolly Green Giant? Mm-hmm. Um, no news is good news. <laughs> <laughs> the le- you know, I, the, the, if we hear about that guy doing something, it's probably going to be bad. Yeah, no, definitely. So unless he's stirring massive vats of green yeah. beans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you written an article about a world record ever? No, I have not. You've never, you've never penned a piece about. Uh, that's not really my. That's shattering not my. I'm, I'm just saying it in, in any iteration. I don't no. know. If, yeah, I've, I've never, I've never even talked about it. I don't think world. I mean, there, like, I think maybe I've talked about the world record pizza for some reason. The world record Neapolitan pizza. I think I've talked about at some point just because logistically it was an interesting feat. Right. How do you? That's like how do you? How, the oven, the oven can't be big enough. Can't be big enough. 
Yeah, you're conf- you're confined and, really and to the opening and do, of the like, oven. And you like fold it to get out. So then this is the problem, oh, right? Right, and I, mm-hmm. I'm making wild hand gestures yeah, yeah, yeah. right now that you can't see, but it, I feel like you have to fold it like a taco, <laughs> and then all the cheese melts. And then... I think what I found interesting about it is, uh, you know, they have all of the um, qualifications for what determines a Neapolitan style pizza. Right, like it has to be. I can't even remember what the things are. It has to be a bunch of things. So the tomatoes have to be from somewhere. The crust has to be whatever thickness. I don't think there's anything that tells you how hot the oven has to be. So I think they just made an oven outside. They just made a giant thing. But I remember thinking because like it's you know only spending ninety seconds in there, but I think it was a little longer. Neapolitan pizza. Now that you know, people really fetishize that. that, They do that pie. I honestly. I bet if you did Neapolitan pizza news, you'd be here all night. I, I would probably have many more listeners. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I think niche niche is good. <laughs> I don't. I, I have. We have no. You know, over at my over at my show, we have no. Um, no we have no beat, and therefore sometimes I feel like we have nothing nothing to add to the conversation about anything. I so, disagree. So I mean, at least well, you you are the. Um, I would say you are the source for all, like you are the central figure in the casserole. I, well, thank you. I, that's media what I landscape. worked very hard to establish myself, yeah. indeed. So tell me about your podcast. Tell listeners about your oh. podcast. Ah. Um, it's basically this. It's Amanda Clute, who's our editor in chief, trying to uh, talk about something that actually matters, and me diverting it and talking about my personal life, okay, and talking about <laughs> me being neurotic, and talking about anything that I can do humanly do to get us off topic okay um that's not actually the point of it but that's what it feels like to me a little bit she is so wonderful and so structured mm-hmm. that it I, I I don't know how I find them in life but I find people who are going to simultaneously really like me and find me the most irritating okay and yeah congratulations she fits the bill yeah but we do, uh, we split it up. We do like a meet and three kind of thing mm-hmm. where we have a, a big entree up top of, uh, you know, we'll just dive into something for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then we just do a version of the casserole news where we talk about the biggest uh, or the biggest stories of the week. Um, and again, that is usually hard, sometimes hard news, but it's also just like complaining about a thing. Yeah, or there was like, hard seltzer news recently that see to me though that's still that's not hard news but that's news i'm when i say really soft news i'm like (laughs) we talked recently about how uh i was i was out for coffee with amanda we have a coffee shop on our uh, in our building and i paid but she waited to get the coffees and she put her email in on my credit card okay so every time i made a purchase for the next three weeks until we figured out how to get rid of it she would see where I was eating and where I was buying things. And so that's not news. No, that's but, not at all. No. If they're turning you into a personality. Ah, ah. no, I think... I think um, Watch out, Bon Appetit. Oh, no. That's, that's not the... I, mean, I don't even know what to say about that. Those are, that's where the real personalities are. You know, we're just, we're just talkies. Um, those people, you know, they, they, really, they're, they make some casseroles over there. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, so was, yeah, New York Times is making casseroles. Every everybody's getting on board uh, for the casserole thing. Yeah, I think there is something really magical about putting about you know the skill of figuring out what you want to go inside, but then like you never really know if it's going to work. 
and it comes out and it's different than it was when it went in and you want to see how the cheese hardened you want to mm-hmm. see like what the slice looks like for me it's been an exercise in letting go yeah because i am cooking for people and i'm not testing anything yeah so some things that i thought were going to be abysmal uh have been really delicious and other things that i was really confident about no uh, way i had to like throw in the garbage yeah really bad yeah what was the biggest clunker uh i've had Three one was a wild rice casserole. Yeah, I made for JJ Johnson, and the rice just didn't absorb liquid. Oh, he's a rice guy too. At all, I, well, that's why I made him a rice casserole. Yeah, and he said wild rice isn't rice; it's something else anyway, and just whatever. Uh, I made a, I froze the casserole for two months to see what it would be yeah. like when I took it out of the oven, and the rice had completely degraded, and it felt yeah. like it was like baby food. Yeah, that's tough. And then my last... Who was that for a... That was for Jack Schramm at okay. Existing Conditions. Yeah. And then my last casserole, um, I microwaved it uh, in its entirety. I saw you on the street outside of Existing Conditions. Yes. I, that's where I may or may not have lost my coat last night as well, but it's totally really? fine. Really? <laughs> I go there a lot as well. Yeah, me too. Jack Schramm. They great, like to freeze things. They do. This is that's why, why you did it. That's why I had him on the Frozen episode. You didn't um, use one of the, the, the centrifuges to uh, I did not. make a casserole extract? No, I did not. Yeah. But he, they, they do have a cocktail on their menu now based on a casserole. Really? No. 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 That's too Absolutely bad. Absolutely not. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's that's interesting. So yeah, uh, the casserole is an exercise in, in patience, mm-hmm. I guess. And, um, and, and not controlling something for me. Okay. Because I like to very much... Control it. Control every, every yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. What are, tell me about some other stories that have been either fun or that have been exciting to you that you've covered recently. And you do video work too. Do video. Yeah. Video, um, I mean, impossible, I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into many arguments. I saw, about, I saw a hairnet, impossible video. A hairnet, yes. impossible video. But it, even just like, I'm just so susceptible and gullible and easily swayed, but I really believe like one of the low-hanging fruit, one of the only pieces of low-hanging fruit out there in terms of actually making a difference um, and, and making and like pushing back a little bit against climate change, maybe just killing all industrial meat production. Okay. And it seems like there's a lot of misconceptions about why Impossible and Beyond are doing what they're doing. Like... One of the things I find fascinating right now is talking to a lot of people at Impossible. Like, they don't give a shit. I'm putting words in their mouth, and they would deny this, but they don't give a shit about the burger being healthy. Like, they want it to be as healthy as it can be, but the only thing they care about is it being as delicious as it can be Mm -hmm. because they also don't care how we feel about the burger. They want middle America to see that burger next to their typical ground beef that they're buying for their tailgates or whatever they're doing. I haven't been in a while. And buying it instead just because it's a little bit cheaper and just as good because that's how they feel they're going to make a difference in wiping out meat production. Not by a bunch of us bloggers saying, what does your burger need to bleed? Right. Like that is not even a conversation that they are worried about at all. Like this, like the coastal elites perception of <laughs> impossible and beyond. And it's like, well, you have all these scientists. Why don't you just make things that's not a burger? And they're like, because people eat burgers. Because people love burgers. People love burgers. America loves burgers. We want to be where America is and just do a better job. How do you feel about that stuff? How do you feel about climate change and industrial oh, agriculture i have some i mean i have tons of guilt all the guilt yeah uh, you still eat meat of course i, I still eat yeah. meat and i try to cut back on it this casserole lifestyle has probably i'm eating in the Cast least, life and i'm projecting that yeah. i'm eating more meat than i 
really am. It's like I've been a vegetarian all week until I'm serving you yeah. turkey tonight. Right. Um, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. I always say on the podcast, half joking, that I don't eat meat anymore. And I expect people to gauge my tone. I mean, like, <laughs> he's just like a fucking asshole who's lying. And uh, I, but I, I tell people I, that I, I go around saying I don't eat meat. But, yeah. No, I do, I do, I do more often I do. Than, I, than I would like. And mm-hmm. I'm, consu- I'm racked by guilt. But I bo- mostly buy it from the farmer's market. And then a great... Um, Hudson and Charles Butcher yeah. with, like, local meat if I well, can. That's a fascinating aspect to it, right? Because, like, if you treat it as a, as an artisanal product, you can easily make the case. And if it was just meat that was being cared for on that level, uh, being sold and consumed, I think we would be fine. But it's just so much easier to say we should stop eating meat and not be like, we should stop eating meat except, like, the ultra-rich. Like, they should eat meat. Right. Well, they're going to do whatever they They're going to do whatever they want. Whatever they want. Yeah, so we're, you know, 2020 is about doing more. 2019 is about grappling internally with meat struggles. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe it, we'll have less meat on the podcast. In, on the podcast. Well, I but mean, I'm like, not gonna make going guarantee. pod vegan would be an easy step. And you could still eat meat wherever you wanted, but just... As you I could project it. I could public, project it. Yeah, your public persona could mm-hmm. be a non-meteor. I, it's just insane how <laughs> hypocritical I am, but uh, you know, it's fine. That's, that's the, that's what makes comedy fun, frankly, because out of everyone, like, I can't believe what I did here. I'm like, well, at least I can make a joke out of it. Anyway. How often do you do stand up? Three to four times a week. My that's job all. is a lot, so I don't get to up as much as I would like. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Listen, it's just, it's, it's, it's the thing that I was most afraid of in life. We don't, I mean, we don't have to talk about it. Truly the most afraid of, of anything. And because you cared about it so much, that cared you did. about it so much. Right. Didn't start till I was twenty. I'm still twenty nine, but I started this year. Okay. And I've done it a lot, and everything else in in life is less scary, because there are very few things besides like getting beaten up. No, I mean there are very right. few things that. It's not a major threat for you that I like. I, would that do, I know of. Right. I would do jokes for you guys right now, and if you told me to do that a year ago, I would have probably busted out in hives. Okay. That's not cute. No, hives aren't cute. Jokes are cute. <laughs> Jokes are it's really so just cute. about getting cuter. That's really all it's been. So if I can't figure out ways to get physically cuter, I'm just going to be Funny. cuter personality-wise. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's working. You knew me a while ago. Am I cuter or less cute? How am I, I doing? I feel like on the cute matrix, Yeah. I feel like you're maintaining a pretty consistent level consistent of Consistent level of cuteness. Was hoping to be going <laughs> upwards, but... Down better consistency. The ca- there there better is like a casserole. The casserole shine. The casserole shine, but I haven't eaten the casserole but yet. Maybe after this. Yeah. And you're going to a party. I could. It's, yeah. I mean, party, but yeah. All the things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we also have DJ Costantino here. I'm gonna DJ. Will you check on the casseroles? Yes. How's it looking, DJ? What am I looking for? Uh, doneness. Doneness. Do you not know casseroles? Wow, the control oh, is just bubbling yeah, out of you more yeah. than. Uh, I trust DJ. I, I feel like he, he went over there. He walked over there with confidence, and he's he's playing it like he doesn't get it. Maybe just to maybe just to irritate you a little bit to see what happens to your podcasting ability, knowing that there's something going on in your oven right now that you don't have eyes on. I don't. But if they're not done, you could hit the um, <laughs> the. Uh, Are you mic- talking con- into the microphone, con- yes, thinking it's going to get to DJ? Conve- the convection function. Um, I think they're good. You think you're good? Okay. Uh, okay, so we're close to dinner. Ooh, so okay. close. Yeah. Uh, I have some th- to bring it all back together. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving trivia for you. Okay. Okay. The tradition of hosting Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
on the fourth Thursday of every month was set by Abraham Lincoln. And uh, and likely that that was uh, set to correlate with the anchoring of the Mayflower ship in Cape Cod. Now, on the Mayflower's voyage to America, there was a child, a baby born on the ship. Mm-hmm. What was its name? Oceanus Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Purity Alden mm-hmm. or Archibald Bernard II? Yeah. I mean, can you just tell me? I like U.S. history makes me really happy because I know some of it, but when I don't, I have just the absolute best excuse of being Canadian. But can you tell me what percentage of people, if you went downstairs? No one, I would, no one would know this answer. Okay, so it's just a dart throw for everyone. Yes. All right. Archibald name seems the most fake. The third one. Okay. The second. Yeah. Archibald whatever the second. Although it's the only one with a the second. So I'm going to go with C. I'm going to go with Archibald. It was Oceanus Hopkins. That's a ridiculous name. <laughs> I know. It's so, so good. It's lovely. Okay. Uh, okay. So green bean casserole was developed by Dorcas Riley mm-hmm. at Campbell's Soup in Jersey. False. What seasoning did she include in her original recipe? Uh, that's ubiquitous in American households. Mustard, soy sauce, or Tabasco? Tabasco. Soy sauce. Great. I'm going to do like, I'm going to add a buzzer noise when you fail. I should have stopped for a second. I just shot a video at the Tabasco factory and I'm a huge Tabasco fan. So I was really just hoping. But I think soy sauce is the outlier there. I'm going to go back and say soy sauce. Okay. You're still wrong. Um, if you listen to the very first episode of Cream of Caroline, yeah. which I don't think you have, you would know the answer Not to this to the question. First. So what is the name of the long, red, fleshy bit of skin that dangles from the beak of a turkey? Yeah. Is it a swindle? Oh, okay. A snood or a sport? I think it's a swindle. It's a snood. Okay. And they actually, they, and when turkeys are. You know are... what sucks about that one is I was a little bit confident. I thought I had it. And I answered with some bravado. Um, and so and when, that sucks for me. So domesticated, like farm turkeys don't mate. Mm-hmm. But um, we learned in the podcast that heritage breed turkeys can. And when the male turkeys do their elaborate, like mating dance, they're snood basically shows it fills up with blood and okay. yeah and oh, it gets right. erect right i don't know if it does anything else but that's a sign that they're ready to get it on um yeah americans eat lots of turkeys obviously on thanksgiving about 46 million of them die the weight Ooh, the weight of those the d word <laughs> all right i love i like using the d word the weight of those turkeys equals the weight of the population of which country okay 46 million turkeys Suriname, Monaco, or Singapore. Okay. 46 million turkeys at how, how much do they weigh? Mm, anywhere from like 8 to 22 eight to pounds. Tw- okay, but let's 15? Yeah, let's do it. 46 million turkeys. So that's 400, like about 500 million pounds. See that? Yeah, it's about 500 million pounds. Give or take. That's not bad. That's not bad math. So people weigh about 130. This is going to be tough because I don't know what the population <laughs> of any of these countries are. So it's not really helpful that I've gone this far. Um, let's go Club Monaco. False. Okay. Singapore, 5.16 million people. 
Yeah, so in hindsight, a terrible answer. Last one. Native Americans domesticated the turkeys for their feathers. Right. uh, Using them in ceremonial clothing and to stabilize arrows for hunting. Which of the following is a modern use for turkey feathers? Okay. Uh, Feather ticklers, ED medicine, or fish food? <laughs> one an ED medicine is called one of the natural ED medicines called uh, horny goat weed, okay. which is the goats are actually called horny goat. Like it's mm-hmm. a kind of goat called a horny goat, which mm-hmm. I always thought was ridiculous. Um, so I mean, ticklers make sense, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, psoriasis. What'd you say? <laughs> Feather ticklers, ED medicine, or fish food? Let's go fish food. You finally got one right. Ah! <laughs> Congratulations. What are ticklers originally? I don't. I don't know what kind of feathers, but they're not turkey. I feel like turkey feathers are too bristly. Thin. Bristly, too bristly. Thankly, yeah. yeah. Too harsh. Right. Uh, are you ready to eat? Oh yeah, for sure. Can we end on the fun note? I mean, do you have a joke for us? Do you have a Thanksgiving joke for us? Do I have a Thanksgiving joke? No. I, I don't have any Thanksgiving material. <laughs> the uh, Fail. A joke that I've recently retired, which was a one-line joke, was just that I, I used it in the middle of my routines someplace, mm-hmm. especially if I was doing, like, darker stuff. And, I mean, fairly relevant to eating. Um, was just, I would just be like, uh, ah, I'm kind of a messy Jew. My Hebrew name is Moish Taulet. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's very I might st- use that at my Thanksgiving dinner please, with Peggy Please do it. Make it a popular Okay, I love it. Yeah. Quick fact check listeners wanted to get you some details on some things we mentioned this episode before we head to dinner. TSA does allow travelers to bring five and a half pounds of dry ice into the cabin of a plane as long as your airline approves and it is packed in a properly vented suitcase. Turks Inn in Brooklyn serves green bean casserole inspired falafel with mushroom sauce and crispy onions. You can get that all year round. Uh, I stated that Thanksgiving is on the fourth Thursday of every month. We all know that to be patently untrue. And finally, a detailed explanation of turkey sex appears on the second, not the first episode of Cream of Caroline with guest Eliza Ilyazarov. That's it for the fact check. And now it's dinner time. Okay, so what are we trying first? Green beans? Oh, shit. Green bean. Yeah. Green bean. Are you recording? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's as magical as I remember. So my my question is, like, you've got... The the pan has walls. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just always wondering, like, what do we need the walls for? Like, in this case, it's not cohesive, right? uh, So it could just be done in a a pot. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, if that's you, my question with green bean casserole. Oh, interesting. Mm. I think if you you would need to pre, you would need to toast mm-hmm. the onions because you just don't want them in the raw state. Right, of course. You can season, drop on a plate, and then... And then is there someone who really goes for it and gets more than their fair share of onions? Again, that's a control gotcha. thing. I can just mm-hmm. see my dad like loading up, and then by the end, Uncle Russell is the last person in line. Mm-hmm. He gets no onions. There's no onions left. That makes sense. You can divide it out yourself. Yes. Uh, These potatoes are delicious. Again, they make use of the boundaries of the pan. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, cottage cheese, sour cream, onions, 
garlic. It's really <clears throat> almost like a hot potato salad. Mm-hmm. 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 I get that. Yeah, I just, I guess I wish that, I mean, I don't know anything about green meat casserole, so I'm, and, and you're <laughs> I think you do, I think you do. I mean, I, I don't think that there, there are no mysteries. It's delicious. I just think the green beans are the least valuable part of it, in, in a way. Mm. I think you could use green beans with more integrity. How do you feel about it, DJ? Uh, it's always been something that's foreign to me. It's like green bean casserole, and I don't know what that is. My parents never ate it. Build the wall. But. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think fresh green beans would be an upgrade. I think that that's I think that's generous. Yeah, no, well, and, and fresh mushrooms and like freshly fried shallots, shallots, whatever. You can make this very fancy if you wanted to. But I don't think goes, that most of America is going to do that. No, and I and I feel and I understand the appeal mm-hmm. and the nostalgia of it, even though I've never had it. And your butcher probably not making it. But I don't know that I'd ever make it. Okay. Um, I think the squash souffle is, it's innocuous. This is never, the sweet things are never my favorite thing on the table. Really? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It's quite tasty though. Yeah, no, it's good. I love a sweet thing that could, that could play both sides, you know? Like this could easily be a dessert. I mean, I find all this food to be really delicious and maybe it's just because I'm so Thanksgiving repressed. But it also no. sounds like your Thanksgiving is very, I mean, if you're doing the rolled turkeys with, it's bougie. with lemons, it's, it's bougie. very bougie. Yeah. It, there's no, uh, it's too considered, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, I think for me, part of Thanksgiving is, is, is pretending your aunt's green bean casserole is good. And I've never had that because all my food is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Whether your Thanksgiving is carefully considered and elegant like Daniel's or a slap-together paper plate potluck kind of affair, I wish you and yours a memorable casserole-laden meal with friends and family this Thursday. From our home to yours, keep it creamy. Mm-hmm.